Hello and welcome to 4K Kings. I am Russ. I am Matt. And this week we'll be discussing the Warriors, Out of the Blue, Nightmare Alley, and we'll be jumping into some more Blu-ray and 4K news. But before we begin, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the page and click that bell to get notifications. We, we rely on your support. We love you. We do love you. Yes. Thank you, Russ. I say, Matt, I know you love. Yes, we love you. We love you. Thank you, Russ. Full and yeah, of love. And we're back. We're back for another week. Thank you again to everybody that's listening and watching. If you are listening to this, come check us out on our YouTube channel. If you're watching this, come check us out on our Spotify channel. If you want to hear us in the car, if you would like to listen to Russ's smooth, silky voice while you drive to work and hear all your blue news that way, you can. Yeah. Just click that link in the, in the description box below. So. And <laughs> so yeah so as always we will have our full length uh version of this podcast up on our spotify channel ahead of time we will then continue to put it up solely on our youtube channel for everybody that likes to watch us there um as well as a few other um produced segments that we will put up in addition to the news that we cover every single week last week we had a pretty packed episode we talked about tarantino we talked about our top five favorite films Russ hated usual suspects. There was a lot of arrow screen factory, 4k news, that kind of stuff that we also went through. So if you missed any of that, go back and check it out. I did not hate usual suspects. There is a big difference between something being overrated and just good. And just good suspects is a good movie. It's good. It's good. Well, in addition to that, we're going to be covering, as Russ mentioned, the Warriors. We're going to be covering Out of the Blue. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, nothing too crazy this this week or this past couple of weeks. I haven't seen anything that really blew me away as far as high profile, but there are some interesting things that we're going to cover um, as well. So before we get started, just a few quick updates. Escape from L.A., the 4K that Russ and a lot of you are probably really waiting for. Apparently, there's an audio issue, which is hampering people's enjoyment of their Snake Plissken well, Escape from L.A. kind of hampers a lot of people's enjoyment <laughs> of Escape from L.A. Okay. I mean, dude, you got to admit, when you watched Escape, I know you've seen Escape from New York. I the, have. Your imme- I remember you telling me this. Your immediate reaction once the credits started rolling was, dude, where's the basketball and surfing? <laughs> Why wasn't that there? Why I didn't mean, we have that? Dude, it was a common gripe. We all yeah. had it. Why didn't we and have that? Carpenter stepped up his game in 96 and gave the fans what we wanted. And now we can't experience this. No. With great audio. It's like, come on. No, apparently like audio <laughs> channels were swapped. Like certain like vocal uh, center channels are like in the back as well. There's like swapping. There's doubling up. So I guess a lot of people heard it or pissed. A lot of the reviewers heard it or pissed. Some people were like, I heard it. It wasn't so bad. But, you know, regardless, Paramount did notice and they mentioned that that it, it, there was a mistake. So they stopped sending it out. It was going out to the stores and that's how people have got it in their hands. You're able to replace it if you want, but Paramount's fixing it and putting a yellow barcode on it instead of a white so you can tell that you're getting the official audio corrected version mm. of Escape from LA. I know I joke, but I can watch Escape from LA. I don't hate, hate it. Okay. I just, nobody's, nobody's championing it. Nobody's championing it. John that. Carpenter's not championing it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's a okay. nice kind of, supplemental feature to escape from New York, if you will. All right. Well, I probably won't be picking that up, but for those of you that wanted to wait, Paramount's got you covered. Um, A couple of price updates that I thought was, was maybe interesting to share for people that were watching this channel and for people like you and I that are looking at these sets as well. The Godfather limited collection 
our limited collector's edition, as well as their regular edition, which we covered in 4K. Um, the limited deluxe version had a hard box and a bunch of photos and on parchment paper or something crazy. Ooh. And it was going for like 100 and, I don't know, 80 something in that in that vicinity. And then the regular edition was around 120 at the time. Before. How much does parchment paper go for these days? Yeah, a lot, apparently a lot. Um, so then you've got those two at those price points, but they've come down significantly, thankfully, because I did pre-order one of them and I was like crossing my fingers that it would come down. Um, the deluxe is down to 106 and the traditional is down to 86, which it still could come down further, probably around Black Friday or probably like way low. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm happy that it's coming down to a reasonably priced set at this point. Yeah, I don't know. And you still are waiting for Father's Day to come around to hopefully get this for yourself. Is that right? Yeah, I just I I've I've bought this movie. I've bought the Godfather trilogy. I don't know how many times now. So many and times. You're telling like Francis said, Ford, I, you're here you go. This I is can more money for you. This, Thank you for enriching my life. I can refuse this offer. Um <laughs> Okay. No, like I would love to own it. I just can't justify spending over a hundred dollars on something that mm -hmm. I already own and looks Pretty, pretty, pretty damn good. good. Pretty damn good. That parchment paper is going to look pretty damn good. Um, and that's what I got my eye on. Yes. Also, also, RoboCop 4K from Arrow prices dropping again. Me and you talked about this. It was forty two ninety nine for the limited set and thirty nine ninety nine for the steel. Now the steel is down to twenty seven ninety nine. And I remember at the time when we talked, you were holding out for nineteen ninety nine, but. We know that's never going to happen, but twenty seven ninety nine is pretty damn close. Yeah, and, and I jumped on it. it. I jumped on it without us Pre talking about it. Yep. I did the same right thing away. you did. I I was perusing Blu-ray.com. Yep. I happened to see in the top where they have their, hey, these are the hot sales right now. I saw yep. that RoboCop Steelbook, 4K Steelbook, $27.99. Got it. I was a little high. It was late at night. I was like, <laughs> I have to order this. I've, I already own the Arrow one in 2K, that great edition. I'm not picking up the 4K one, which nope. looks damn near identical. It is identical. But this is the original artwork. This is the cover I looked at in the video stores as a child. This is, it's, I had to do it. And you can get it, the, uh, the limited set for $32.99 if you hadn't gotten it before. But for you and me, that $27.99, maybe it'll come to $24.99. We'll Honestly, see. Honestly, that $32.99 is a great it's price a for great that steal. I feel like I spent more than that on the I other did too. one. I did too. 40 something at yeah, least. Yeah. At least. Yep. So yeah, that's also Oof. another great steal and a great pickup for me. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, for putting that out arrow thank you for your cooperation thank you um also uh a, a label that we covered for a while titans occult they were putting out another release almost every month um but they, they kind of slowed up towards the end of the year and i wasn't sure what was going on with them if they went bankrupt after you know you buried them in our scathing yes, review scathing is an understatement i i uh, the 4k king's mission statement is to destroy titans of cult yes and i think you you may have done that because yeah, they they didn't I, come back that was it for them well that clockwork orange packaging yeah i just was underwhelmed underwhelmed terrible just underwhelmed underwhelming underwhelmed. underwhelming well based on your review and i do have i do have these here um based on your review i do think that this matrix Titans of Cult that I have in my hand and this Casino Royale that I have right here. I think these will be my last Titans of Cult purchases solely based on how you sort of, you know, eloquently stated mm -hmm. the sort of price that you're paying for additional things inside of here outside of the Blu-ray is not really worth all of this extra. And unless you care about pins and magnets yes. and 
poker chips that I are enjoy. For apparently a hundred thousand um, dollars. Then really, it's just kind of extra. I don't, don't want to say junk, but the steel books are nice. So these will be my last two. Thanks to you, Russ. I was about you to got say. me off. You, um, you got me off yes. the uh, the types of cult training. I enjoy controlling narratives. Yes, and telling people what to think. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy I succeeded. With you did. You, you did. You did. Um, it's still. Can we talk about company. that Cornell West commentary though. That blows my mind. I'm going to borrow that. Titans of Cult. You knocked that out of the park. I should watch that again Cornell and put that West. on. I don't know if that was in the original DVD. Was or it? Not. I don't know. I've never owned any Matrix film. If I would have picked up the Matrix previously, Eddie, if the other releases had that, I am excited yeah. for that. I'm not sure, but yeah, he's an interesting person to listen to to begin with, and then to hear his thoughts on the Matrix. That is pretty interesting. I don't think I've ever heard him talk about movies. No, you're right. Some some stuff, but not really movies too much. Um, but yeah, so those those releases I'm I'm happy to have, but I think that might be it for me. But there is you one other know. huh? You never know. You never know. Paramount. You never know. Paramount. Like yep, that they, regarding Henry Titans Occult, Matt. Yep. So that's right. Titans Occult have paired up with Paramount, and that was the other part of that story, which was that you know they kind of went missing, but all of a sudden I saw a news story for them that said that they paired up with Paramount to start bringing out their movies. So we'll see what their what cult movies Paramount's got, even though. Some of these movies are questionably cult that they're putting out. I know. Actually, none of them are cult. I know. The Matrix I mean, is cult. Casino Royale is cult. Godfather. Or not Godfather. I'm sorry. Um, Goodfellas was one they put out initially. I don't know. Are so, any of them cult? I don't know. I guess maybe you could... Is is Clockwork Orange cult? Yeah, Ish. Mean, it, it's like in the middle. Enough. Yeah, cult enough. I don't know. But um, but yeah, so they're pairing up with Paramount. So maybe we'll have some interesting stuff coming out from them soon. Things that Russ and I may or may not be purchasing. Um, but another throwback, just a new story from Dune from last summer when Arrow put their releases out, you had Coke media who we love and talk about their stuff all the time. We have their American psycho 4k release and they just always are doing a great job, but they had announced some Uber deluxe, you know, Dune release after Arrow had put out their, you know, put their, their stuff out there and Zavi put their stuff out there. Coke media was like, hold my beer. We're going to put something really special out for the fans, but it was very, vague about details in terms of when it was going to be out, what the price was going to be. There was no picture of anything. They just told you basically this is like a seven disc behemoth of a thing with every cut possible soundtrack CDs, like everything that Mm -hmm. you could want, which arrow and the Zavi one at the time did not completely have. So this seemed like the the one to get if you're the Dune fan. Mm -hmm. Um, So time went by and they postponed this thing. Then they showed that it was going to be, you know, a couple hundred dollars. Then they, you know, it got, it got delayed again. And then finally Coke media came out and said, look, here's a picture of this box. So we can at least show you that it's real, that this thing exists. It's going to come out in February of 2022. I need proof. Right. And it looks like a clear acrylic, very large, think of a very large book that would be in like an acrylic case. Like that's what it looked like. And apparently there was going to be limited to something like 2000 units. It was extremely hard to put together and to make. So Coke media was like, this is why we keep delaying this thing. But lo and behold, it came out February, um, uh, like 18th or something like a few days ago. And there's a person online that did an unboxing of it. And the thing looks incredible. The house that all of the like the movies are in, it's like in this nice styrofoam case within this acrylic box. There's a comic book, there's a poster, there's like I mentioned, soundtrack CD, every version of the movie possible. Um, just looks really, really great. Like one of the best looking sets I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So good job, Coke Media. Good job, Dune fans. Good job, David Lynch. Good job, David Lynch. I don't know if you can even still get this out there. Um, I, I know that it's sold out through pre-order, but I'm saying through like eBay, maybe somebody's got it out there, but you're probably not picking that up for anything more than 500 bucks unless it's still on sale. Um, but looked awesome for all the Dune fans out there. Yeah. 
And then finally, just a note about our great friend Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's hanging it up. He mentioned that he is putting one more final film out called What's My Name, that he is going to star, executive produce, and co-write the script, along with Academy Award winner for the Green Book. I don't know the guy's name, but he he won for the Green Book, the writer of that film back in, what was that, 2018 or 19? Uh, nobody watched it nobody watched it i didn't uh, but it won it won so the the screenwriter for that film is ter- teaming up with jean-claude van damme for his final movie what's my name which will be similar to jcvd and that it focuses on his personal life he'll play himself he'll be left in a coma following a serious car accident he wakes up with amnesia doesn't know himself and it says here that even p- a lot of people don't even really know him And then through a series of fights against iconic fighters from across his legendary career, Van Damme begins a quest for his own identity and life meeting, which leads him to one final match. And I wonder who the final match is going to be. Cocaine. (laughs) Cocaine. That has been. (laughs) It's going to be like a twist ending where it's really Chong Lee from or Chong Lee from Bloodsport. But then as soon as he thinks it's over, it's like a new contender. And like all of a sudden it's really a pile of cocaine. The only reason I'm cracking that joke is because JCVD has been pretty open about it. How that played a a pivotal role in the destruction of his Hollywood Did you see his face on the poster of Maximum Risk? Yeah. I mean, that's what he really looked like in 96. He really looked like Hugh Jackman in our bust. He does. He does. But I'm excited for this movie. I mean, I, I love JCVD. So. I think some of his post stuff, post JCVD, tried to take it a little bit more seriously. He even put a, a show out on Amazon called, I think it was called I Am Jean-Claude Van Damme. Same thing about his life day to day. He's kind of like retired. Dude loves thing. himself. It was like he his just thing. wants to play himself all Dude, the time. It was, it was his thing, you know, and it, I think it was six episodes. I don't think it got picked up again, but then he was in a couple of movies for Netflix. And mm-hmm. Now he's back doing this and then he's going to retire, float around on a boat afterwards. He said and travel. He always genuinely just he's empathetic compared to the Seagulls, the Chuck Norris's, all those kind of, you know, he's in that same he's in that boat with those guys. Uh, I don't watch even the older, even a blood sport or a mm-hmm. kickboxer or a double impact, et cetera. You felt him more. They mm-hmm. they worked better. Seagal, it always felt like a joke. Like I, even Seagal, even in Seagal's heyday, you watch his films as comedies. JCVD, they he actually worked. Like you can watch Bloodsport seriously, and I it's agree. and it's entertaining. It's endearing. It's mm-hmm. it's good. It's yep. really really good. I can't say that about any Seagal film. And as well, we Chuck Norris. This. Who else would you put in that rank with him? I just name some people. Um, I don't know who else yeah. would it, uh, the expendables cast. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like he can sell this and okay. we already, we've seen this prior. We've seen this in JCVD. We know when he goes meta, like he'll dig deep in on himself for and sure, he'll yeah. put it all out there. And I'm sure it's therapeutic for him. Yep. It's great as a viewer. Like I said, imagine Steven Seagal breaking the fourth wall in a film and talking about his life yeah. with with great depth and analysis, not just and being humble. I'm Steven Seagal. I'm, I'm a, a piece of shit. Like, yes, like, yes, yes. Imagine Steven Seagal <laughs> saying anything negative yeah. about himself. Right. Like, no, I'm a police officer now on my new show. Like, dude, get out of here. Yeah. Like, yeah, even, like, Seagal, like it, it's just he has a JCVD has a level of awareness to where he can pull this stuff off. Agreed. And I'm excited. I think it's a brilliant idea to bring back the iconic villains from his filmography. Uh, I hope it's Chun-Li, not, Ch- yeah. not Double Impact. I know. I know. I hope uh, so, too. And Tong sure Po's coming is. back, it says. And Dolph Lundgren's coming back. There might be a couple Easter eggs in there that they aren't going to throw up front, but it'd be Cocaine. cool. How are they going to... I wonder how they're going to pitch that. Like, 
are they playing their real selves and they really want to kick John claude van damme's ass they've like just awakened they've just awakened from comas <laughs> as well are they playing their movie versions and he's got to fight them as himself like i don't know this is really this is tripping me out dude just like twi- get it twisted even more like Dolph will show up he'll be ivan drago <laughs> Yeah, I, right. I need the dude from uh, Cyborg to show up. Like, I, need I need to be broken. Yes, I'm, I must. <laughs> I must break you. Um, but yeah, so super excited for that. Can't wait to at least see a trailer. Can't wait to come back and yeah. maybe talk about that. I hope it pans out. I hope it, I hope it ends up being good. That has a lot of promise. It does. It's an interesting concept. I guess hopefully everybody's on board. Um, mm. So you ready to get into some blue news, Russ? Let's do it. Let's do some blue news. All right. So first up out May 25th on Blu-ray from Via Vision. And their imprint label is The Warriors. Warriors. Come out and play. So imprint here doing their usual imprint thing with their hard box, their reversible art. It's got new and old features. And this set is limited to 2000. So let me interrupt you. Yes. The question that any fan of The Warriors wants to to know i feel like i didn't say that correctly mm-hmm. but this is what every fan of the warriors wants to know with this release does it include the original theatrical and not the tinkered with editions that has the comic book segues it's got both it's got both can you dig it now i know you're not as familiar with this film as i am that has always been a thorn in the side of fans because this has never existed i don't even think it was on dvd i don't even think the theatrical cut was on dvd it wasn't on blu-ray it was it was it was released in hd in germany on uh, and that's the only time and it's been on streaming but that's the only time it's been it's been released uh but this this that's big yeah so this i think you're right i think this will be big for people i've seen a lot of people mentioning how excited they are that they're able to get both cuts of the film Mm -hmm. um and that this is coming from imprints pretty cool because they're a pretty awesome label they always do a really nice like hard slip box and again they're doing reversible art and all that kind of stuff there's nothing fancy with photos or extra posters or anything which isn't a big deal to me and but they usually do scrape together a good amount of features i've i see a lot more added here than i have on previous things that i bought like regarding henry um which no one's coming back to no one's coming back to talk about regarding henry so i'll you know i'll take that hey dude i'll say this my favorite video game on playstation 2 was regarding henry the warriors game was okay but the regarding henry video game that that where you got to try to go to the store and get cigarettes and not get shot in the head and put in a coma. That was, well, that was the first That's level. That's level one. And you fail that level. Yeah. And then you spend, the, dude, basically JCVD is remaking regarding Henry. I just put that together. It was a role playing game regarding Henry. You had to collect regarding Henry would have been your memory. Dude, regarding Henry would have been so much better if after he got out of that coma, he had to face off against like Nazis or something. <laughs> everything, everything in Harrison Ford's filmography. Yeah. Like Darth Vader shows up and shit. Dude. Instead, he has to face a writes itself. Yeah, well, instead he faces his uh, philandering wife and realization that he has been a piece of shit his whole life. So that's both. It's pretty tough. That's hard to deal with. It's hard to deal with. (laughs) But back to uh, the Warriors here. So disc, you're getting two discs. Disc one, the 2005 director's cut, like you mentioned, Russ, has like an extra sort of minute of this like narration from Walter Hill and these comic book inserts that kind of like try to flow the movie together in some way, but just come across as jarring. But um, like they're literally bridging scenes together. So when you yeah. say a minute, it, it, it's, it's interspersed. It's yeah, not like, Oh, here's right. an extra minute, a of, minute of stuff thrown in there yeah, throughout the film. And it's jarring. Like I said, imagine watching the, the technical, <laughs> the technicalities that evolved 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? What is wrong with you today? Imagine watching the sensibilities okay. of 2000s films, mm-hmm. movies that were made in the 2000s, be applied in random spots to a movie that came out in the 70s. It's jarring. It, it looks different. It feels odd. I'm one of those fans who want the theatrical Okay. And I'm happy to get it. I think I'm going, and I think that justifies the uh, exorbitant price the, tag yes, that we'll talk that, about. What is what is this price tag? Ridiculous. Well, here's what you're going to get for that price tag. So let me tell you before I actually drop the bomb on you, because you're going to get on disc one a new commentary from an author and a former Fangoria editor. Um, which I don't know why they're randomly coming out of the woodwork to do this, but they are. Um, there's a new intro from Walter Hill. There's four old featurettes, and then that's pretty much it on disc one. So just a new commentary there but on disc two there's another new commentary from a film critic there's new interviews with a bunch of people that are involved with the movie like james remar dorsey wright david patrick kelly the composer and ucla professor bryant kirkland who discusses the origin of the film which i guess is based on a book and then lastly all these uh, both of these versions are coming in 2.0 lossless mono sound and 5.1 so you get either way either experience that you like you can have hmm. um so back to the price so I love Via Vision. I love them a lot. I've bought at least three or four things from them. And it's always been in the aftermarket or through deep discount because going through them is very expensive. They are in Australia. Their their editions go for $40, usually at minimum $40. And then to get them to US, it's you're talking 20 extra dollars mm-hmm. um, just through their website. So it's like 60 bucks just to get it through directly through them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some sets come out for them, like the Wicker Man uh, across 110th Street we mentioned last, I think last week's podcast or maybe the one before. Um, These are like giant box sets that are like $110 and so on. This one, this for the Warriors is $69.99 with $20 shipping. So you're looking at about 90 bucks to get this to the US for these two cuts, including the one that everybody is apparently dying to see and have. Mm. So that's pretty expensive. Um, I think even for a boutique label, that's pretty outrageous, especially especially considering places like Arrow that give you yeah. hard boxes and additional tchotchkes. It's that and theatrical it's like cut, nice, dude. It is. It's, it's their the gouging. theatrical cut. They know I think they're the gouging demand. a little. They know the demand. And I cannot dig it. I can't dig that. That's way too expensive. I'm sure there's people out there that are like, no, you don't understand. We'll, we'll gladly pay that. But wouldn't it have been nice if it was only $40? I mean, does it have to be 70 Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, even that price tag for me, I'm on the fence. 35 to I want to go to a deep discount. Yeah, for sure. Or to a, uh, what's the other site? Di- Diabolic DVD. Diabolic DVD. Uh, yep. I'll be keeping an eye out because I do want to own this. I, I, I own the Steelbook. Again, uh, it was a 2K scan, but it has those comic inserts within it. It's the the, the director's cut. Yeah. Um, I want the theatrical, man. That's a selling point. That's a high selling point for this release. I wonder if this movie now that, because this is the first time that a real decent release in the, it's not even the US, but a real decent release like this has come out, except for that Germany one that I mentioned, which was a few years ago. But mm-hmm. I wonder if it's going to start moving its way stateside for a 4K release or uh, its own collector's edition here. I don't know what label we would guess. I could see Arrow or someone like that doing it, but mm-hmm. something a little bit more substantial for the US crowd. I mean, that maybe we would be able to get. I don't know if it's yeah. just going to stay overseas. I don't know why it hasn't come to the U.S. Yeah, yet. Warriors is too big for a Vinegar Syndrome or a uh, Severin or they something like that. Yeah, the, I yeah. could see Arrow, though. Yeah, I could see Arrow. That would be a good fit on Arrow. Yeah, I've never seen this movie. I've always, I mean, obviously I've heard it referenced. I've heard it. I've seen it, you know, mm. in pop culture and, you know, ripped on and parodied and whatever you want to say. But I've never actually seen it all the way through. 
Um, but it looks very interesting to me. I'm not going to drop $70 to see it. Maybe it's a stream somewhere oh, just to you, check it out. Dude, well, I mean, how, how could you recommend a blind buy with, at that price to yeah, anybody? Yeah, tough. Honestly. That's tough. You got to be a huge fan. Um, dude, it's a fun movie. Like I said, it, it was one of the few movies making a video game on it made sense yeah. because it just, it's so, it's, like a it's, a, up. it's a, well, the film itself, it feels like a free world movie. It's mm-hmm. just the story of the gang. Your main character is trying to get from one locale to the other. And they are framed for the murder of a beloved leader within this gang community. And so they run into all the other gangs trying to get to their destination. Yeah. That sounds like a video game. That's yeah. what's that double dragon, double dragon. right there. Yeah. I know. Right. Um, Nah, it looks very dude. colorful. It looks oh, like whoever the production design looks great, considering probably very budget. colorful, very quotable. Where'd they get all these people? Like this, even the cover alone know. shows like a hundred people. All these extras, yeah, that's, they're all that's just, like, the, involved. It's crazy. Dude, that's the like the beginning of the movie. It's all the gangs are meeting up for this like meeting. So it's like hundreds of people in there. And then the main dude, he's like talking, getting them all revved up, and then he yeah. gets shot, and the warriors get blamed for it. Why do the warriors get blamed? Uh, watch the movie. Okay. Okay. All right. Watch the movie. That's the that's 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 like the uh, light bulb going off over my head. Ding dong. Yeah, that okay. threw us off there. For okay. A uh, well, so so there's like a there's like that's part obviously a big part of the plot. Like it's not to spoil to say why. They're oh blamed. no, that no, really happens in the first five minutes. There's no twist. No, no. Or I mean like why movie. they're blamed or who really did it. Like that's yeah, obviously yeah, part. Yeah, of there's the plot. like that's one gang who really did it, and they're the ones perpetrating it. Yeah. Like, you know the the come out and play guy with the two bottles clinging together. It's gotcha. his gang. And then they meet up on the beach. Gotcha. And some, some shit goes down. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a great company. It looks like a great release. You're definitely, even though you love this movie enough, that's way too expensive for you. You think, what do you think? And that'll be one of those things late I'm night. Sitting, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm all over again. I <laughs> I look at my credit card <laughs> statement. Like why the, I pre-ordered this Deep discount. <laughs> and I tried to get free shipping, so I bought five other things. Yeah. <laughs> what? This will go next to Perdita Durango. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's coming out May 25th. Deep discount. Definitely will have it, I'm sure. Diab- a Diab- Diabolic DVD. I've already seen th- them post something about it, too. But again, they, it's only 2000 That's It's limited. So I don't know who's getting a share of what, you know, to, to even to, mm-hmm. to sell these. But it's going to be very limited for those that are interested. So May 25th, the Warriors also coming out from one of our good friends at Severin on March 29th on Blu-ray from them for the first time in the U S is out of the blue on blue from Severin out of the blue, out of the, uh, out of the blue. blue. And this movie is called shocking, blistering and a masterpiece. And it says yet virtually unseen for the past 40 years. I don't know why that is or uh, dude, it, I, it, was it lost? Like, I'm not sure what's going on with this movie. When I heard about this film a couple years ago, I searched the internet high and low and mm-hmm. could not find any copy of this. I've yeah. been dying to watch this movie. I have it pre-ordered. Now lay it on me. What, what are these special features? Yeah. Because I had just become aware of these special features literally about a half an hour ago. I had pre-ordered it prior to learning this, and these features are incredible. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's actually Dude, why... Severin knocked this out of the park. Yeah, that's that's actually why I even stopped to look at this, because this looks to be like one of the best releases I've ever seen Severin do. Like I, I don't know that I've seen this much... Easily. Yeah. love put into any of this stuff but i guess this initially started back in 2019 with a kickstarter that had a 35,000 
uh, goal to get this movie restored and put back out in different regions and territories. And if you chipped in for it for 50 bucks, you get a copy. And if you did closer to like 300, you get a copy and a signed poster from Linda Manns, who is the, um, the lead character here. Uh, but so I guess that finally happened and then it wasn't even, but, um, this past year, late last year, it started shipping, um, uh, via BFI in the UK. Mm-hmm. So people in UK got it first from BFI. And as it mentions here on the Severin, um, ad, there's 15 hours of special features included with this restoration. However, the Severn version has an additional four hours added on that they specifically produce. So I don't, they, mm. they've got their own sort of slate of things that they're doing. Whereas the BFI one only has that initial 15 hours, which 15 hours is still a lot. It also had a, yeah, it's only 15 hours. Um, they also had a, some booklet. So I don't know what that, uh, the, so BFI got a booklet too, if you, if you got it with them, but so anyway, I like how we're clowning that release It's only like, 15 hours in a booklet <laughs> for out of the blue. Come on, BFI. Can you, can you believe it? Uh, bullshit. <laughs> right to your congressman. So this, um, so yeah, 15 hours of special features. There's no way, I mean, we can even probably list it all, but you've got, it's a two disc set. There's a 4K restoration from the original camera negative. You've got separate audio commentaries with Dennis Hopper and the executive producer, film, film scholars, film writers. There's documentaries on Linda Mance. There's video essays on Linda Mance and the location, which is Vancouver. Um, there's a short film included by the original director, Leonard Yakir, with a partial commentary. 11 new cast and crew interviews, six new interviews with Dennis Hopper's friends, including Ethan Hawke and uh, Linklater. And then you've got Wild. 1984 interview with Dennis Hopper, some interview with the 4K restoration producers, a double-sided slipcase, new and old art, and it's region-free. So you can get this anywhere and play this anywhere. So if you didn't get the BFI one or if you did and you want this one too, you can have it and you can watch it. Play it in your player. I feel like we were still we we still are undersold the features on this. Yeah, I mean, dude, when it's when it says eleven people, new interviews, it's probably look at the people that are Lydia Lunch, uh, Patty Shamil. How do you say you, you said that's the drummer from Hole? Patty Shamil, yeah, the actor, an actor from Gummo, and please Severin, if if you're in talks with him, if you're in talks with uh, Harmony Corin, like let's get a Gummo release, Severin. I would love to see that on Blue or 4K. Uh, dude, the straight to hell. Alex Cox recalls out of the blue. The reason why this release had piqued my interest in the first place was the tagline. <laughs> when I came across is wait, wait, Dennis Hopper made a movie and it's called out of the blue. And it has a tagline. It says she's 15. The only adult she admires is Johnny Rotten. Mm-hmm. I grew up on the sex pistols pretty hard. I grew up on a lot of punk rock. I never knew this movie existed. Yeah. And I just seeing that tagline. We all know Dennis Hopper can go nuts. <laughs> yeah. And apparently this actress is incredible and holds her own with him. And I don't know her from anybody after this. I don't know if this was one of one of the only things that she did, but no, and apparently it's giving, she's awesome. And that's giving me a Ms. 45 vibe with uh, Zoe Lund as kind of like, maybe this is some iconic thing. And then her life was crazy after. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, you know, lightning in a bottle, but I love that Alex Cox going back to the punk rock. Thing, yeah. There's an interview with Alex Cox who had nothing to do with this film, but I love it's called straight to hell, which is a film he made with uh, Joe Strummer and Courtney love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously he did sit in Nancy and repo man as well. Yeah. So like I said, dude, all of the punk rock kind of bona fides in the film world, at least have shown up here. Um, Bonafides. Bonafides. Like that's people. <laughs> what do you think about Dennis Hopper as a filmmaker? I mean, he apparently he picked this movie up eight days into shooting. So like the guy like 
whatever happened with the original director, Dennis Hopper picked this up eight days in. So he's obviously credited with being the director. Um, but I know he's obviously directed a couple of other movies. You've never seen this one, so you can't say, well, this was better than anything. But as a filmmaker, how do you feel about Dennis Hopper? I'm not going to lie. Refresh my memory on what he's doing. I mean, Easy Easy Rider. Oh, he did direct? Shit. How did I forget that? Colors. Easy. Oh, God. Yeah, you are right. <laughs> yeah, remember that one? I'm thinking, what's that like, Mad Dog Morgan? That's oh, like what kept popping in my head. I was like, well, I've never seen that. I forgot he did What's colors. that one? There's some stupid one with like J Tom Berenger and Erica Laniac where he's, they're like, it's like they're, no they're like Navy officers. Oh, they're like escorting her somewhere. I can't did, remember. He did the one with Jennifer Connelly and Virginia Madsen. Yes, also, he did do that the one. Hot spot. The hot spot. He I, did I've do seen that. parts of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm a easy rider is a classic for good reason. It's a great film. Uh, colors is good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, are, are his movies known for having shocking endings? Because I remember reading for this one, it's like, you know, the, this, that this movie builds to a shocking, but believable, you know, ending or whatever. And that someone mentioned like, this is what Dennis Hopper is sometimes known for doing, but I don't really know his movies that well either. I don't either. Can't lie to you. Okay. I know more as an actor. I know I'm familiar way more with his, his acting, acting filmography yeah. than I am his directorial efforts. Well, his only quote that I saw for this movie was that he felt like the way he directed this or what was in his head for this story was like, this is where the easy rider characters would be 10 years down the road. And I love that it has a punk rock vibe then, because mm -hmm. that makes so much sense. I mean, punk came from basically the hippie movement mm -hmm. failing. Yeah. So I, that, that that does make sense. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, it looks like an incredible release. It's, I know you're going to definitely watch it. You tell me yeah. what you think after you see well, it. Is it something I would maybe enjoy? I'm a little did you, on the fence, but. Did you have the same thing I had when you heard this title, Out of the Blue, and saw that Johnny Rotten thing? Did you immediately think of the Neil Young song? I've known I, that song like my entire life, and I never knew there was a movie title like referencing it, anything. I did. I did. I Well, when I saw Out of the Blue, I just started singing Out of the Blue, and, or Hey, Hey, My, My, whatever it's the yeah. real name is. But yeah, I just started singing that like right away. But, but he even says, you know, yeah. this is the story of Johnny Rotten. It's great. Like, dude, I, it's just one of those weird titles. Like, how did I not know this existed? Well, Severin's doing you a solid. They are. And pretty much everybody else out there, too. So I'm doing them a solid. I pre-ordered it. Damn right. Blind buy pre-order. Blind buy pre-order. There's another, there's like the another outer case that I think, I don't know if it comes with the Severin one or if yeah. it's the BFI one that looks kind of nice. It was too. like that light blue. Yeah, yeah it, it looks nice. Look cool. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, nice. what we're viewing right now, it's not showing us a just shot the of the uh, reversible slipcover. Yeah, just the regular one. But but yeah, so this is out March 29th. Again, it's limited. Or actually, I'm not sure if it's limited. I don't know why I said that. I don't know if it's limited or not. But the BFI one was limited. I actually don't know that either. It doesn't say that they were limited, and it doesn't say that here either. So it looks like if you're able to pre-order it, if you're able to get it, this looks like a release that's worthy. Well, of I'm sure up. at the very least, the slip case would be in the initial run. And yeah. after probably a couple months, it, it'll be gone. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so a few other announcements uh, outside of that one. One that, I mean, this this isn't really a noteworthy release outside of that. It's another Guillermo del Toro film that has recently come out. Nightmare Alley was announced on 4K coming out March 23rd from Disney, no less. Um, now, I love Del Toro. I didn't see this. And I also didn't know that this was a remake. You know this was a remake? No. <laughs> I did not know that this was a remake. Did not know that. Um, I didn't know this was a remake. Or or maybe it might just be a remake in name and maybe the story's a little bit different. But I do. there is another older, I don't know if it's 50s. Let me see. Um, I think it might be 
1947. Yeah, so 1947, Nightmare hey. Alley looks, I mean, it's still got the carnival vibe, so. And that's Criterion, isn't it? Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so Stanton Carlisle is a low life working in a carnival. Knowing a good con when he sees one, this sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a remake. I didn't know that. So there was a lot of people that were talking about this release, saying how they wished th that it would be released in black and white so that they could have this as well as the original in black and white. And people were like, this movie bombed. That's never going to happen. Just get what you can get. Um, but that's I've where I was reading it. that it was a remake. Yeah, well, I've seen it. Um, what would you think? Why would black and white make any difference? I don't know. Has it got that vibe? Is it like... No, no it feels very modern. Does it's it shot like? very well. It looks beautiful. Yeah. I mean, What's the problem You expect it? that, I, I'd assume, from a Del Toro movie at this point. What did you not like? <clears throat> uh, well, I, I kind of judged it. I want to say... I went in... Listen, when I hear Del Toro, I think Pan's Labyrinth. I think Devil's Backbone. You know, I think Shape of Water. All of these films have some kind of creature or supernatural thing going on. I, I just kind of felt like that always comes with the territory with, mm -hmm. with Guillermo del Toro. And I went in expecting this. So this deals with like the carnival freak show type things and clairvoyancy. Mm -hmm. I was expecting it to take a supernatural turn or something in that way. And it never happened. Okay. So I think I went in. I, I, if I would have had... Uh, more realistic expectations. If I haven't known it was a remake, for instance, that might have set the bar where it needed to be for me going into it. It's acting like there's some solid people in it. Great cast. And everybody's good. I will say Bradley Cooper, he's doing his best. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like he's good. He's, okay. he, he doesn't ruin it or anything. I think he was miscast. I don't think he really had that level mm -hmm. of... Uh, I don't know. I, I couldn't stop seeing him as Bradley Cooper. Gotcha. And this is a movie that takes place in the forties or whatever. I see. And, okay. And even Kate Blanchett, she's amazing in it, but I expect that from Kate Blanchett. Tony Collette. Great as well. I expect yeah. it. Willem Dafoe. Like these are all people who are incredibly reliable. These are sure. just incredibly reliable performers. Even when they're in bad movies, they give it, they bring yeah. it. You know what I mean? So that wasn't the issue. Like I said, it's, it does. It just kind of falls flat it, it it doesn't really soar and you feel like it's like i'm watching scenes where like let's say the banter between kate blanchett and uh bradley cooper you know it's a real back and forth it has that 40s sort of film noir style of ah see fast talking kind of stuff and kate blanchett's killing it you know she's a uh what's the term here a vixen mm -hmm. in a way or a femme fatale femme fatale mm -hmm. And it just doesn't soar. Doesn't I don't know soar. what it is. You know, dude, Richard Jenkins, he's reliable as hell too. Yeah. Like cast is incredible. Something, it just stays right here. It's just a middle of the road movie. And yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Not bad, not terrible, but not like, I wouldn't recommend going out of your way to watch it. Isn't it funny? Kind of like what he's capable of, like how he's capable of Oscar nominated movies that are, fan is, that are fantastic. This is Oscar nominated. Is this an Oscar nominated too? Yes. Well, even shape of water was super fantastical and it was nominated for Oscars. Even the mm -hmm. ones that weren't nominated for Oscars are considered probably classics by some, but then he's got some that are just stinkers. Like crimson peak was another one that I feel like, I don't know if that flew under the radar for people or people didn't really connect with that one as much, but then there was Hellboy, which I think you had to really like Hellboy, but did even the Hellboy fans like it? I'm not even sure. Well, I, I'm the wrong person. To ask. I'm the wrong person to ask when it comes to Del Toro. I'm a snob. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have the most. Snob. I tried watching Hellboy, turned it off. Yeah. I couldn't sit through it. I tried watching Pacific Rim, could not get into it. 
but I loved Devil's Backbone and Pan's yeah. Labyrinth. <laughs> I loved like the Criterion releases that yeah. don't, or no, like the Spanish speaking Del Toro films. For sure, yeah. Um, but then Shape of Water I enjoyed highly and that was in English. That was an American film. It was very good. And and I think I was expecting something like I said, those to me, those three films I mentioned, they all soar. Mm-hmm. They all like they you get what you came in for. And you also had it elevated. You also felt like, whoa, that was incredible. This one just, it doesn't take off. It just doesn't, like, you don't care, ultimately. By the end of it, you don't You don't really care. I I, I didn't care at all what happened to Bradley Cooper's character. It's not anything surprising either. He gets what he deserves, and you could see it coming. It's just, it's one of those things, like, you could see it coming, but you're thinking to yourself, like, it has to be more than this. It can't be that. Yeah. Really. It's like, I'm saying the whole time, I'm like, it can't just be that. It yeah. can't just be that. And it was just that. It was just that. So like I said, I kind of feel unfair trashing it because I went in maybe expecting something that just wasn't, atten- like, wasn't the intention. Yeah. Maybe it's just supposed to be a little bit more simple or fair for him. I mean, maybe he doesn't, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what that, you know, I mean, it's the same thing with Crimson Tide or Crimson Crimson, Crimson Peak. Tide. Yeah, Crimson Tide. I love Crimson Tide. No, but Crimson Peak. Really? It's like eh, it's pretty good. Um, the the I think the like Crimson Peak. This kind of movie. These are like movies that have. I don't know if they're not lower budget for him, but I don't know if he. And same thing with Hellboy. I feel like it's just something he's trying to do for his own self, like his own personal self. It's not for any academy. It's not for. I feel anybody like all else. Of his movies are like that. Do you think so? I think that's part of his appeal. Uh, yeah. Dude, who was clamoring for Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah, no, that's true. That's that's his mind. That's what he's into. And that's one thing I respect immensely about him is he's never kind of stopped. They feel like they, this is his head. We're yeah. in his head with these yeah. movies. We're, it's kind of like Tarantino. This is the stuff he loves. And yeah. you, you can see it. Even if I don't like it, I can see it. Gotcha. You know. Gotcha. Well, it's out, or it's uh, it's coming out March twenty second, so not that far away, and it's doing its like, standard release kind of stuff that you'd expect for like Disney or anybody else. And let's note that higher profile Del Toro films tend to get the Criterion treatment, mm-hmm. and I could see this being a four K one, kind of like Uncut Gems. Do you think this is going to come to Criterion? You think so? Devil's Backbone did, Pan's Labyrinth but did, this, Shape of Water did. Did all, did all of them though? All of the all of the kind of Oscar nominated ones, yeah. the ones that were higher, you know, on the chain. Obviously, Hellboy isn't going to be on Criterion, but I could see this. Yeah. Like I said, all the other three high profile releases gotcha. he's done received that treatment. Well, you're getting a steel book option too, if you care. And you just said the original is on Criterion. It also. is. So maybe you're right. Maybe you're he right. He has a we'll good see. relationship with them. There's already a history. It'll. I, I would bet money on it. Okay. We'll come back for an update here in the future and see if you're right. Um, but another 4K that was sort of just announced that I think some people are maybe excited about is another one that I've never seen. I feel like, I don't know. I, I'm, Step your I, game up. Man. I'm missing the boat. The Untouchables. Another De Palma. Are yeah. you, where, where does this lie on your De Palma filmography for Hello. you? low is it low that's why yeah when you you, you didn't really care about this for those listening much. or watching you know i don't always know what we're going to talk about coming in i figured you would touch <laughs> you would touch i would the touch the untouchables I, I i figured you would touch on this because i i am a big bride de palma fan and it's a good movie yep. it is a good movie i don't want to go it, too hard it's, it's a in good its, movie. it's in its 35th anniversary they're giving it a new 4k restoration and that's really all that's known and that's coming from paramount it's not coming from anybody like Aquino or somebody so it's probably just going to be a standard issue release you know no big mm-hmm. deal which i don't know why they're mentioning that it's its 35th anniversary if they're not going to do shit for it but like we'll i'll see. tell you 
Hmm. It's classic. It, it's classic. It's a classic type film. Mm-hmm. And it kind of lacks all of the things that I love Brian De Palma for. Okay. Kevin Costner has never impressed me. I can't think of one. In his Kevin entire Cost- career? No. I can't okay. think of one movie where I'm like, thank God Kevin Costner was here. Yeah. Can Old you? Durham. Never saw it. I never watched it. Hey, that was Ron Shelton. He made White Men Can't Jump. There you go. Oh, I did see Tin Cup, which he did with Kevin Costner. Okay. But I'm saying even if there's a Kevin Costner movie I like or can sit through, JFK, for mm-hmm. instance. Okay. He doesn't bring anything to it for me. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Standard guy. He is. He's just a very plain vanilla just like, guy. Guy. Actor yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Actor yeah. number one. But I'll even take it a step further with Untouchables. Okay. Think about how iconic The Godfather is. Think about how iconic Goodfellas is. Casino. Mm-hmm. You've seen all of these. Mm-hmm. Here's a Robert De Niro gangster movie, and you've never seen it. I haven't. Because he's not. And you're not he, alone. He's Al he, Capone. He is Al Capone in this movie. Is he a huge part of the movie, or is he just the main of, villain? He's it, Al Capone, but, he, but he's in it a lot. Like he's in the movie a big yeah. time. And is his there's is one his scene portrayal not iconic? Then is that what you're saying? It, like I said, I I don't know what the problem is. It's pretty. Icon- I mean, it's badass. Like I don't to know me, it, I don't it would be it. like for instance, if you threw Untouchables in the middle of like Carlito's Way or Scarface, or I mean, it fits in. It's a gangster movie, but like you said, it's very classical. It doesn't have that fun lurid feeling it feels like a very clean sanitized movie and kevin costner doesn't help with that and did you you mentioned to me but before. you know well like like i said there's one scene there's one badass scene with de niro as capone where you know enthusiasms enthusiasms he's got the baseball bat is he had a meeting and he's walking around the table yeah and he's like giving a little speech actually i'm living color parody this they did they I did don't i don't i don't think i knew it at all uh and <laughs> and uh, you know he starts beating the guy's head down into the table like there's some like that sounds like something classic you would see in casino or something it would be referenced more in pop culture the only thing i ever really see referenced in pop culture from untouchables is the uh the stairway the baby carriage scene now is some of that violence like you mentioned is it taken to the level that like casino and good and and that was my other question and i think maybe that's why because you had told me before brian de palma has uses a lot of soft focus it's a little bit more Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it now do they add is that what this movie also looks like no this feels like honestly this it came out what 87 it feels like a throwback to like classic gangster movies from the third or like 40s or whatever the violence isn't ratcheted up which is where people probably wanted it no no this is 87 Hmm. yeah Okay. There's no like eyeball popping out because yeah. a head, a, someone's head is in a vice grip. Yes. No Pesci. No, yeah, no Joe Pesci running around. <laughs> I mean, you need Joe Pesci. Yeah, no, it's none of that. But it, it's such a it's a, such a strange film because it's not bad. I, and I, yeah. I do. I feel like it's forgotten. Even De Palma, dude, I'm a huge De Palma fan. I don't ever think about The Untouchables. Me neither. I didn't even. I think probably I won't even for, pick this up. I forgot it was De Palma until I looked at yeah, this yeah. news item. You do. It doesn't even feel like this. And this was an odd time in his career. I feel like this was kind of the beginning of the end in a way. Because he had this, and then he did Bonfire of the Vanities not too soon after it, which was a huge failure. Mm-hmm. And then after that, yeah, he had Carlito's Way. Most people don't like Raising Cane. I mean, after yeah. that, the, the return started to diminish. Diminish a little bit. Well... Maybe we'll find out more news on it. Maybe it'll be worth picking up, or you'd be like, okay, maybe I'll give this a try because the release yeah, is really great. It's, but it's not a it's bad. It's another movie. Paramount release, new 4K restoration. Yeah. Who knows what's not, come with not it. a bad movie whatsoever. Just you can skip it. I, I feel comfortable as Brian, Brian De Palma is one of my favorite directors, and I can comfortably say, skip it, skip it. There's way there are skip other it. films in his catalog that are worth celebrating more than The Untouchables. 
on the 35th anniversary of The Untouchables, do yourself a favor and skip it. But also coming out is another movie that I don't know too much about and have only seen it referenced pretty much my entire life, which is Heavy Metal. And by referenced, I mean not like people look to this movie as some sort of touchstone of pop culture, but just like the imagery, the picture, the name. It's just like something that you just know of. I just don't know what it is. And it's coming out in April 19th on 4K in a pretty cool steelbook for what it is. I mean, it matches and fits the steelbook vibe. It also is coming with heavy metal 2000. Um, I never saw this and I didn't know that this was an Ivan Reitman thing. When I looked at previews and pictures of heavy metal, it gave me the same cool world vibe. Like it just looked like Ooh. dank old I know, I, I, cartoons. Uh, cool yeah. world doesn't look like they advanced yes. animation at all. That's an interesting comparison. Heavy metal kind of gave me the similar vibe. And there was a lot of, in the trailer I watched, there was some scantily clad women. So I don't know if there's full on nudity. I don't know if there's full blown, like it doesn't say it's rated R. So I'm not sure what you saw when you watched heavy metal, but this is just something I never, never saw in my life. Like I, yeah. I've only ever seen and heard of it. The title alone is why I never watched it. Yeah. I've never been, uh, I, we just talked about it out of the blue. I grew up as a big punk rock alternative hip hop guy, metal, especially yeah. if you put heavy in front of it, yeah. that turns me off immediately. Well, if you look at who they include in there, it's like Sammy Hagar, June, Journey, Grand Funk Railroad, yeah. Cheap Trick, Blue Oyster Cult, Black Sabbath. I mean, it's That's not like I mean. the metal, I'm not, I'm the metal not, of the eighties. Yes, early eighty one. And not even the no, no. There is some good metal in the eighties. This is the pop metal. This is the 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 hit maker kind of yeah. The yeah. Although it does say Devo there. Devo's awesome. Why is Devo on this? I'm sure people are going to enjoy this. It looks like you're getting new restorations. You're getting new look, uh, look back on stuff and you're getting approved by Ivan Reitman before he passed away. He, you know, approved this transfer for this film. So, and after he approved the transfer of this film, he approved answer the call, not being in the Ghostbusters set that just released. <laughs> yes. He, he had a lot of approval. He had a lot of approving to do before he died. And that <laughs> That's was all he was doing. He a lot of stamping. <laughs> Heavy metal, good. After call, not good. Boom, bang. And Paul Feig's, frankly, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Denied. Denied. Answer the call. Denied. 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 But I don't know if there's if there's any heavy metal fans out there that are interested in this, like this, are going to buy this. Let us know below. What are we missing? Is this is yeah. this necessary, required viewing, yeah. or what? I don't know. And let me point out, this is a beloved film I've gathered over the years. Like you, I know nothing about it, but I know there's fans. Mm -hmm. And I know for animation, people in animation, I believe this is a big release. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Yeah, it, it's just not my cup of tea. But I, I, I have nothing but respect where you saying John Candy and Eugene Levy yeah. are involved. That actually, this art that is actually all I has me more interested than anything else I've ever heard about this movie my entire life. Yeah, this this art's the only thing I've ever known is this woman riding this bird with a sword yeah. in the air. And I get what you mean by the Cool World comparison. Not so much that they look alike, but I remember when Cool World came out. Well, let's say it was ninety two, ninety three. I remember feeling like that animation looks. Old. old and bad <laughs> yeah, yeah and heavy metal it was like that looks like the early 80s yep. which it was so it's not a fault but for me i was born in 82 by the yep. time i would have had the you know interest in watching this I it, mean, it, it felt old and i'm not a big animation guy to begin with and as a young 
boy or ish around the time when I was becoming aware of this, the only thing you're drawn to is that it's like, uh, you know, like this, this woman that's on the cover, it's like, Oh, what is this? This is, is this rated R? Is this for me? Is it not? And then again, they kind of ref- reference or infer that there's maybe cartoon nudity. And you're like, what is this strange yeah. adult cartoon that I've never seen or heard of? Like, that's all that I can think back to, but is this movie good? Who knows? Probably mm. not. Let us know. Let us know somebody. Um, should we watch it? Maybe, maybe, but another, another cool company, 88 films who has put out nearly every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie in his catalog, except for Bloodsport and, and, uh, and kickboxer, except for the ones everyone loves and needs and wants <laughs> you got the rest. They're doing another set for a movie romper stomper with Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. One of, if not his first movie, I'm not sure. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a movie I've seen and I actually really enjoyed. I've seen it. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I thought that this was a cool little set that they would put out for this movie. So thought it was maybe something to, to mention. It's out in May, May 30th. Um, it's got a standard little hard box that goes over, you know, your Amory case. It looks like a booklet of poster pictures, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. What you, you like this movie or didn't like it? Uh, it's been near 20 years. I saw wow. it once. Okay. It, it had to have been like an Oh three or Oh four. I don't know when it came out. Um, I just remember kind of being lukewarm on lukewarm. it. I think it, it was all right. Like it was bu- like it was built up to you or something or you wasn't even built more? up to me. You, I don't no? I had a friend who hey, did you see this movie Russell Crowe it's like American History X with Russell Crowe basically and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. And I watched it. And I just remember feeling blase. Yeah. Like uh, uh, gotcha. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> like, if there right. are fans out there it's a nice set. I mean, again, this is the nicest thing that I've seen uh, come out that for this movie. Cool it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's decent. Again, for for all the romper stomper, Russell Crowe Nazi fans out there, here it is. It's a bit redundant. Russell Crowe and Nazis. <laughs> One in the same, man. <laughs> One in the same. Um, <laughs> big news for all you Singing in the Rain fans. Russ, I know you were one. This is coming out in a <clears> 70th <throat> anniversary 4K set from Warner Brothers, which... I hate to keep harping on this because I think I said this in at least three or four other videos that we've done, but when Willy Wonka came out in 4k, they got a a good old fashioned Amore case thrown at you and like happy 70th anniversary or whatever the hell that was. That was also some insane anniversary. And then Zavi put some little BS package together and that was before they started getting their act together. It was still, I think some of their stuff was still a little cheap feeling and looking. I think they may even had a, $500 $500 gold ticket or something they were trying to milk you on. But anyway, nice during that video, I was just saying like Warner brothers, why don't you care about this movie? Why are you not, you know, putting things out for your, you know, really great beloved films the way studios once did. And then we basically lamented and said, because no one cares about physical media anymore. But then I see this and I'm like, this looks really friggin' nice for a movie that I have no interest in seeing, haven't seen, but look at this, look what they did. It's awesome. Like box or two, two boxes, like a wraparound one that comes out. There's posters, there's postcards. There's, what is this? Like a, bookmark like i don't even know what all this stuff is there's like so much stuff on here it's insane what they're giving to you which a bookmark is it actually a bookmark i don't know what or that is, that is. A magnet it doesn't even say I, listen i've never seen the film either but i i recognize that imagery on the bookmark yeah <laughs> i mean kelly uh diddling a lamppost right exactly i mean and so this is a pretty cool release i don't know this this looked again it stuck out to me again it's a iconic film not one that i've seen or will probably see but it just scratched my head on warner brothers giving this the full-on treatment are they dipping their toes back in this water are they saying willy wonka's not worth a shit ready to get the press 
Yes, hit me. Uh, this was my grandmother's favorite movie. Wow. And she raised me and just passed away about four months ago. Uh, I believe this exists kind of for that reason. I would probably buy this for her for Christmas or something. <laughs> kind of like the It's a yeah. Wonderful Life with the recipe yeah, cards. Yes, yes, yes. You got to think there's a whole older audience out there who's streaming confuses them. This yeah. is, you know, and that's nice. That looks like something that could be a gift. That's a very nice set. It's a nice looking Whereas box. I, I love all the umbrellas. Fans of Willy Wonka are probably more bitter pissed off <laughs> no i mean <laughs> yes but uh no they're they're probably more with savvy with technology yeah you okay. know what i mean they're probably a little younger okay for than the audience that this is going to be aimed at all right another little fun fact about this i know the words to the entire song of singing in the rain only because of clockwork orange <laughs> okay that's it yeah it was on actually you know it's funny the soundtrack i had of clockwork orange as a child i had the tape and Singing in the Rain wasn't on my collection, but I've seen other, like on CD and other releases of that soundtrack featuring Singing in the Rain on mm -hmm. it. Uh, that's all I've got, man. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I don't got anything else. I mean, this this set, for anyone that wants it, you can get it anywhere. Germany, UK, United States. That's a nice set, dude. It and is, dude. Your gripe about Willy Wonka, they I corrected could, it. This could be Willy Wonka right in front of us right now. This could be it, you know, and in, not just some cheap thing that they put out, but I'll give them, I'll give them a pass. Maybe they're going to start doing more stuff like this. Maybe for Willy Wonka's 80th anniversary, when I'm turning 50 years old, they'll be putting out its 8K something or another. How old is Willy? It's 50 years, isn't now, it? Um, I think it was 72 or 71, maybe. I think it was 71. 1971. Yeah. 1971. 50 years. I was like, God, we're getting old. Because you're sitting here making 70-year jokes. I'm like, wow, 50 is not too far off from that. Yeah, man. 50 years. Joke. It was 50 when it came out. And that's a big, that's a milestone. 70, 70th, sure. 50th is like, All right. it's got we're, more panache. We're, we're not well-versed, but let's not pretend like this isn't a big catalog release or a beloved film. Okay. Well, you could even make the argument, and I'm sure, like, let's say, even if you look at, like, the top AFI lists, I'm sure Singing in the Rain ranks higher than Willy Wonka. Okay. Willy Wonka wasn't beloved when it came out. But, I mean, I feel like it's ripe for physical media, where oh, Singing in the Rain is. seems like it's not. I just, feel your pain. It should have gotten this treatment. Just like... But I'm just saying... What's a Wonderful Life isn't ripe for physical but I media, so they gave it recipe cards. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't attack this release based on the resentment over Willy Wonka. Fuck you, Gene Kelly. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll give this one a pass, but I'm sure there's some, maybe some, some people out there that are super excited about this. And I apologize if I offended you. Um, but, uh, an, another favorite so singing in the rain is okay to go hard on, but usual suspects. God damn it. If I have a different opinion on it, usual suspects is a classic is singing, in the rain. <laughs> singing in the rain. I don't know anything about, um, paramount presents haven't talked about them in a while. Uh, they're another okay. favorite. They're another favorite line of ours. I um, like the packaging. I think the last time it's we talked practical. about them was for Vanilla Sky. Ew. But now they've got ordinary people coming out next month. Big fan of this. March movie. 29th. Never knew, had heard this name, but never knew it was a Robert Redford film. Never knew that it was an Academy Award winner for director, film, screenplay, all this stuff. I you had no idea Timothy how Timothy Hutton won the Oscar and then his career went to shit. No, I had no idea. But now all these things are coming together and that it's a Paramount Presents release. I'm like right on the edge of that fence to just blind buy this bad boy. I'd recommend you blind buying this one. Okay. 
I think you would like it. Okay. This has this has a regarding Henry type feel. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, this is that kind of classic drama that I know you you have a soft spot for movies like this. I like the it. time frame, like when it mm-hmm. came out and all that. Yeah. Uh, I think you would like this. 1980. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for the only reason I had checked this out, I did not see, I did not grow up with this film. I had always heard uh, Goodwill Hunting being compared to this film. And I was a big fan of Goodwill Hunting, especially when I was younger. And uh, I mean, I even heard people reference it to Matt Damon and Ben, and ben Affleck saying, hey, you guys clearly riffed on ordinary people. And they did. Uh, the therapy session like those scenes in particular the relationship between judd hirsch and uh, timothy hutton is very similar to mm-hmm. robin williams and matt damon and goodwill hunting okay um nah great i'll say one thing about this movie that i don't hear people i'm sure it's been said but one impression i had when i finally watched it mary tyler moore is incredible in this movie and it's she's against type she's a very bitter mother and the way the movie ends too i don't want to spoil anything not exactly a great ending as far as like the resolution yes um makes complete sense and she sells it if you don't know the story it's about a family they lose a son and the the one son is still alive this son was like a little bit more loved a little bit more Mm -hmm. like successful however you would say it and it's about the family dealing with that loss and mary tyler moore's character essentially not act like it doesn't exist, but she has a real like yeah, hard front about yeah. it. Timothy Hutton was his brother and he was always compared to him. So he isn't there. He's dealing with it. Not in a good way, you know, and Donald Sutherland's just trying to kind of keep the family together, but he's dealing with it too. And Judd Hirsch is the, the, therapist. the therapist. Yes. And he's excellent. Great performances across the board. Did he win? Did any of the actors win? Uh, I know Timothy Hutton won. I'm not sure after that. Screenplay based on your and best actor in a supporting role, Timothy Hutton. Hutton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Intelligent, great... perceptive, and deeply moving film, Roger Ebert. A powerfully He's intimate right. domestic drama, Todd McCarthy from Variety. Yeah, dude. I mean, you mentioned that, and I read that synopsis, and again, love this label. I was like, this maybe is a movie for me. How about this? You blind buy it and watch it. If you don't like it, I'll I'll buy it off you. You buy it off half me? price. All right. I can get Let's down with do that. that. <clears throat> I can get down with that. Sounds good. So that's again coming out March 29th. Coming out soon, Ordinary People, new 4K restoration, overseen by Robert Redford himself. And then Mm. they, as they always do, they have a new featurette that's on here where Best Supporting Actor, Timothy Hutton, reflects on this movie um, and the intriguing approach director Robert Redford took to create a feeling of isolation on set. So they usually have someone come back to talk about it, whether it's the director, actor, something new always from someone from the past. And then it looks like there's a little bit of a, a featurette about the adaptation from the novel to film. Well, I wasn't Collectible alive. packaging, which I like. I wasn't around yet. It was 1980. But that was always what I gathered from it, was that this was Timothy Hutton's breakout role. And I, and I was familiar with his career afterwards because mm-hmm. I was alive for that. And it didn't really pan, didn't pan out. out. This was a big splash that, unfortunately, I don't think matched up to anything else he did. Yeah. Well, what do you think about Cat's Eye? I've never seen it. Never seen it? Well, that was a kind of a favorite of mine uh, from my earlier days. I like Drew Barrymore. It's uh, it's uneven. It's silly. But some of the, I, like it's anthology, obviously, and some of the ones with like James Woods and um, what's his name? Robert Hayes from Airplane. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robert Hayes, Drew Barrymore. The Drew Barrymore one is probably the weakest of them all. <laughs> you hate Drew Barrymore, though. 
I do, but I think you would agree too, because there's this like weird little troll element to it that's kind oh, okay. of like not it's it's a tiny little troll that I think back then was obviously not CGI. It was probably someone in a suit that they made to look really tiny that was like terrorizing her when she mm-hmm. slept. And all the stories are tied together by a cat that's like roaming around the city, bumping into <clears throat> the James Wood character who he's trying to quit cigarettes. So he goes to like some clinic to help him quit, which basically they follow him around and like they they kind of intimidate him with certain like weird vague things that they're going to hurt him. They're going to hurt his family if he doesn't quit smoking. Like it's their whole um, mission statement to sort of, um, I don't know, intimidate you to quit. And, you know, they kidnap his wife. Like, they do all this kind of stuff. It's, like, crazy. That sounds funny, actually. That I sounds mean, good. It's interesting. It's, like, James Woods trying to, like, sneak a cigarette, like, in his oh, car, and he, like, doesn't know who's watching and him. And James Woods, that's, I can picture, <laughs> yeah. dude, I can picture that. That's playing out in my head, as you say, and I can imagine how he would be in that. Yeah, he's really paranoid. He thinks people are in his house because he's, like, trying to, like, sneak a drag. Like, it's really, it's it's tense. And that so that was one thing. I didn't know good. he was in it. Yeah, it's good. Um, and then the Robert Hayes one's good where he's, you know, he's having an affair with some rich guy's wife and the <clears> rich guy finds <throat> them and it's basically like, I'll let you live your life with her if you want to. Uh, but all you have to do is like go out on this balcony of this high rise of building that he lives in and you have to scale it all the way around. There's like a ledge, but it's only like this big. And you have to walk all the way around. You come back in and you can have it. And geez, he's like, fuck you. I'm not doing that shit. So then he like pulls a gun on him. He's like, you're going to do it or else, you know, or I'm going to kill you right here. So then he goes out and he has to do it. And there's like this whole tense thing with that. And then the Drew Barrymore one is this, like I said, this little girl being terrorized by a little mm. troll. So it's all Stephen King shit, but I don't know. It just had that eighties feeling, mm. you know, of, of well, these types you, of movies. I, I'm a fan of Firestarter. Yeah. <clears throat> which was Stephen King and Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And your boy, George C. Scott. Yep. And Alan King, that's right. Alan King is the guy with James Woods who's like the head of the cigarette clinic who they paired up. They didn't pair up, but they were in a casino together. Um, mm. So that's kind of cool, that little time. But anyway, this is coming out in 4K in France. This has been out on Blu-ray before a couple places. Germany put out some nice media books for it too, but this is the first time it's been out in 4K and coming out from Studio Canal, no less. So mm. that was something else that kind of uh, piqued my interest from them. Um, and then lastly... Uh, a few Kino Lorber titles. Um, I know one was uh, they, they they keep on putting out like such a really great slate of titles. I think you mentioned last time how seriously they're taking all this stuff. They are. They they're eating Criterion's lunch. I keep yeah. using that phrase, hoping it'll catch on. Yeah. No. For, you're right. You're right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, literally, I own Twelve Angry Men on Criterion, and I own Manchurian Candidate on, on Criterion. Criterion. <laughs> yep. And these are new coming out 4K from them. New Dolby Vision. You know, HDR, all that stuff. I mean, all, all, all their stuff. Their new stuff. They've put out uh, like Spaceballs, Misery, Silence of the Lambs, Hard Target. In Bruges, hard cry, target was Criterion. <laughs> that hard target, you're gonna have to sell, dude. Um, it was Wilfred Brimley approved. <laughs> he came back, <laughs> um, and, and then their old stuff, like we mentioned, like whether it's like all this Western, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, High Plains Drifter, you know, yeah. Fistful of Dollars, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Great Escape. Now it's you know Twelve Angry Men and Manchurian Candidate. Most of these are Criterion, um, if not, you know, a lot of them. So. I just, what is Criterion going to put out? They kind of dip their toes in 4K. And I don't know. It's, Dude, been, it's like new stuff. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know if they're, I guess they're not going backwards. I, Can they, they go backwards yeah, at this point? Can it, they do this? It has to be Kino. like their rights ran out yeah. and Kino picked them up. It Kino has was to licking their lips or something. Because these are big titles for, I mean, 12 Angry Men is an American classic film. Classic, classic. Yeah. Really? No debate. Movie. It's classic. Yeah, it's great. Like who wouldn't want to have that in their catalog to release in 4K? Yeah. I always remember that movie, how, how tense it is. And I'll never forget the ending of the movie too. And, and cause I've, I've had, you know, you've been jury duty before. 
Yeah. You know, well, I've never been selected. So I've been selected for jury duty before, and it was like a case that lasted like three or four days, and it didn't get like so heated, but there's definitely this weird camaraderie that you feel with these people that you're having to figure out the situation and you don't know each other very well, but you kind of are getting to know what people are like, even if you don't know them, like what's this type? Like, is this person maybe prejudiced to some degree? Is this person this or that, whatever you try to figure all these types, but you're locked in there trying to figure this out. And then once it's over, you walk outside and it's like, just, it's done. It's like, you know, I don't know you anymore. It's like this whole experience just like poofed into the middle of the air. And I feel like it's kind of like this where they are, trying to solve something they get to the bottom of an injustice that almost occurred and then the ending they walk out and the credits roll and it's like yeah. yep like well, th- like all that mattered it's, but it's such like a funny like it disappear it will disappear from their lives from that point it's so no, funny how jury duty works really? i think i, I didn't think get that impression at all from this you don't movie think that it disappeared to me the whole purpose out, is like what henry fonda basically changed their lives the whole thing ends on the one guy who was the most biased out of everyone negative because you learn it, it, he finally gets him to break down and it's like yeah my relationship with my son sucks mm-hmm. and that's why i'm looking at it like this and it's awesome the way they get there and it is it's about look you have to remove prejudice you have to remove bias. it's a beautiful message and especially when you're dealing in a courtroom setting where the fate of someone is going to be determined by you guys you can't take that lightly no and even in life not. you shouldn't go through with bias and prejudice and all that i mean no i felt like and it, it's it's incredible the way it's set up because it's like one by one each person kind of starts to turn a little mm-hmm. bit until the last guy yeah and no, I, I agree. I think they definitely, I mean, I get what with, you're saying within the room. They yeah. kind of like come to that understanding and maybe in that moment, but after it's over, it does, it feels very like surreal. Like that, like it's your life resumes now. And this part of it is just completely oh, yeah. over you solving this crime or figure or, or determining this person's life or whatever. See, that's it is. what I liked about it. They didn't solve it. Yeah. They just, there they, was no, that's what I love about this film. It's not a really even about that. <laughs> it's not about whether the guy's guilty or innocent. It's about, is there shadow of doubt? Yeah. And if there is, you it's not right to play with someone's life if you can come up with a plausible Based scenario race or whatever. That they're innocent. So is this something that you would pick up? Uh, I mean, I already own the Criterion one. Uh, I have to see what comes out with it. Yeah. No yeah. no features have been announced for any of these really yet. I'm sure that'll probably be not the Criterion stuff, which they normally the aren't Criterion doing. Criterion one had a ton. I believe the Criterion release I have even has the original, the original original. There was one before the one we know mm-hmm. that was a televised, like I believe it was a live taping, but it was on television in the 40s or whatever. Gotcha. And uh, that was featured on as well. A little ironic... Uh, factoid about this movie they remade it in 97 it was actually william friedkin <laughs> yeah who did yeah. it yep and it was jack lemon and but you know jack lemon was like one choice away from being in this being one. this one anyway yeah and uh jack lemon would have been good no nah. you don't think so i've seen both and granted jack lemon i mean jack lemon then that one i don't mean jack lemon that at that one i mean at the time he would it wouldn't have been bad it wouldn't have been bad henry fonda to me embodies that spirit though i know yeah. I, I don't think but like dude this uh tom jode what am i what the fuck is the movie i'm, I'm lost on the title now henry fonda just embodies that spirit of working class i see through the bullshit though and i'm coming from a good-hearted mm-hmm. well-intentioned place of trying to show you what's wrong with this out like i don't know jack lemon, jack lemon doesn't it that way he can he can jack lemon is perfectly capable of doing that I think there's something just more fatherly, I'd, maybe is the word I should use, okay. about Henry Fonda in that role where Jack Lemmon 
doesn't do it for me just yeah. personally. Yeah. I think they made basically all I'm saying is Jack Lemon wouldn't have ruined it, but I think they made the right call with Henry Fonda. Okay. And, and we have granted, like I said, it was years later, but we have kind of, I, I assume what Jack Lemon would have done. Mm-hmm. We have, Maybe. That, you know, honestly, same thing with George C. Scott. We keep going back to him. He was in that 12 angry men remake and he plays that character I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the holdout at the end, the holdout. And even I forget who it is in the original, but I liked him better too. Like it, 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 then again, this is a 1997 remake, so yeah. I should probably put the, the brunt of the blame here. on the film itself and yeah. not these actors. Yeah. But I don't know. I've never owned this, but it is a really great movie. And now is. that it's coming out in 4K, I did kind of think about it. I've I've never um, owned the Criterion or anything, but you know, again, this is a as you said, yeah. a classic film. I've seen it a couple of times. I do think it's really yeah, good. Me too. It was one of those films I had to watch it in a film class. Oh, okay. and it was one of those where yo this is actually really good <laughs> like i really yeah. really like you know yeah. and that happens a lot in those types of classes but sometimes you're sitting there watching something where it's like yeah a little bit too and this yeah. is i get why we're watching it but, but it's but not please. entertaining at all kind of but thing. please yeah. yes, yes um the last thing on kino slate before we get out of here is i know another movie that you're interested in i don't know if anybody out there is aware of enjoys this movie too but kino lorber picking this up not 4k a 2k scan coming out may 24th called Times square Mm -hmm. for anybody tell us us about this russ for anybody watching or listening just check this out go watch it It, it, i i never knew very similar to out of the blue uh a punk rock film i had no idea this existed it was a somebody I knew in a film group on Facebook. I'm not even on Facebook, but like this is a while back. I uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm a big fan. You know this as well, as well of Pump Up the Volume, 1990, Christian Slater, mm-hmm. Samantha mm-hmm. Mathis. The writer and director of that film, Alan Moyle. <laughs> All right, here's a little backstory. The only other film I know that Alan Moyle made mm-hmm. growing up because I saw Pump Up the Volume at eight or nine years old when it came out. He did a film, he did Empire Records, which I cannot stand (laughs) and never liked. Even when I was a teenager and I was the demographic to watch that film, I, to this day, I cannot stand Empire Records. So I never ventured into anything else Alan Moyle related. Mm -hmm. I kind of looked at it as, okay, Pump Up the Volume was a one and done thing. Yeah. I I was talking about Pump Up the Volume to my friend online and he brought up, have you ever seen Times Square? I was like, what the hell is, I've never even heard of it. And he told me, well, it's the writer director of Pump Up the Volume. It's about two girls who are punk rock runaways. And I was like, what? Tim Curry's in it as a radio DJ. I see which him is, on the cover here. Which is similar to Pump Up the Volume. There's a lot of similarities between the two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I fell in love with this. The soundtrack's cool as shit. For years, if you're a Ramones fan, Blitzkrieg Bop, which is, or no, I'm sorry, not even Blitzkrieg Bop. I want to be sedated. Art probably their most recognizable song was not on any album. It was only available on the Times Square vinyl hmm. for about two or three years or something. So I mean that right there is a big notable <laughs> yeah. achievement for this movie. Um man, it was ahead of its time a bit. You get a little bit of Riot Girl vibes, like what the attitude was in the early nineties with groups like Bikini Kill and L seven. Um you get a feminist aspect. Like I said, I think it's ahead of the time on that. You got two, the two teenage girls are the main character. It's not soft either. My only complaint about this movie is the ending. And it was not Alan Moyle's fault. I had to read up on this. The ending is bizarre. Even musically, it's bizarre. It ends with a Bee Gees song. 
<laughs> the credits. It's dude. How do you get the rights to the Bee Gees? Well, the guy working on it in the music department. This this came out in 1980, so it was being made around 1979. Saturday Night Fever just hit like two years prior. Okay, and the Bee Gees were on top. Like we got to throw this in there, and Alan Moyle and everyone involved were like, "This is." punk rock like, yeah, like yeah, we're yeah, trying yeah. to this is drive this point home about this one girl like learning you know to say fuck you to her dad and yeah. fuck you to society all this shit <laughs> like we're ending with the bgs like and the guy won it was like dude we need this kind of put it in wow. there but like i said i feel like i don't know this is a gem this is the the very definition oh. of a hidden gem if you care anything about punk rock coming of age stories uh fucking tim curry <laughs> go ahead and yeah. check this out based on it's, everything it's you just blast. said and how sort of underground this is i'm curious to see what kino does for this i mean i wonder if this is going to be one of their like, bare bones releases or will this be something more well it's going to be hard because tim Cur tim curry's still alive the two leads nothing really happened in their careers the girl who is the punk rock girl from the beginning who influences the main character she didn't do like virtually anything after gotcha. and she actually was basically plucked off the streets and you can kind of tell watching this like she's authentic that was another thing i loved about it, it was like the girl playing the the you know quote unquote bad influence on her yeah dude her voice it just sounds like new york and punk rock at that time it's just a very authentic performance wow. which i'm guessing probably wasn't as much of a performance as that's who she really was since she did virtually nothing afterwards okay but interesting uh, very cool movie very cool very movie. cool well may 24th from kino and that is about all we've got anything else you've got russ anything else you wanted to add hmm ordinary people i was excited about ordinary people times square yeah man i don't think so dude okay well thanks oh, for, i'll tell you i pre-ordered some pre -order? stuff what did, uh, what did i i, I pre-ordered <laughs> american werewolf and robocop you did you you're gonna buy it, but yep. you never owned it i never did yes yeah, so i, I pre-ordered so both of those good and they're coming and they're coming down those prices are coming down too yeah i pre-ordered robocop uh i pre-ordered what else that? oh henry but we mm -hmm. discussed that yep i guess maybe i didn't that robocop maybe that's excited for that to come. heavy on my mind soap dish i also pre-ordered that's coming as well. Um, well, thank you everybody for watching. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, for those of you that are listening again, check us out on our YouTube channel. We're also going to be posting some new 4k and Blu-ray comparisons this week that we obviously cannot do on the podcast. Uh, so come and visit us on our YouTube channel where you'll see some of those. And if you're watching this again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for commenting. Let us know what you think about these titles down below. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.